You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here's the pitch to Beltron, and he hammers it to right center field. It's off the wall in right center field. Altuve's going to score on the double by Beltron, his third knock of the game. He is swinging it. He's looked good at the plate all afternoon. Hit that well off the base of the wall in right center field and picks up another RBI. Joe Musgrove, third pitcher of the inning for the Astros. Joe, since moving to the bullpen, 1.35 ERA, 19 relief outings. Two-thirds of a scoreless inning his last time out against the Angels on Thursday in Anaheim. Astros is looking for a pitcher who can get an out. Six straight Mariners have reached here in the eighth inning. Nobody out in the frame. Musgrove delivers a 2-2. Swing and a miss. Ball pops out of the mitt of the catcher, McCann. He picks it up as Zanino is out automatically with first base occupied. Runners do not advance, and that is the first out finally for an Astros pitcher here in the top of the eighth. 2-1. Broken bat, bloop left side. Correa charges, makes the catch on the fly. Shattered the bat of Ruiz on that pitch inside. Correa racing in to get that shallow pop, and the inning draws to a close. Mariners do get four, but Musgrove retires all three he faces. Astros three outs away from lowering their magic number to clinch the AL West to one. They lead the Mariners as we start the ninth inning. Musgrove with another 3-2. Swing and a miss. Cano strikes out, and that is the ball game. The Houston Astros win their third in a row, defeating the Seattle Mariners this afternoon by a final score of 8-6. to six. And the Astros' magic number is one. Reaching the 90-win mark for the seventh time in franchise history. Last time was back in 2004 when they won 92. Beltron on both teams. Joined now by the man who just picked up his first big league save, Joe Musgrove. Second professional save for you, Joe. Uh, you had one 2015 for Corpus Christi in a 9-3 win at uh, Frisco at Double-A through four innings in, in that ball game. I imagine this save felt a little different. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a bigger stage. So did you have an idea that you would go back out there for that ninth inning after you were able to retire all three batters you faced in the eighth? Yeah, um, we knew Ken was, you know, might be down the day after doing back-to-back, -back, so uh, I was prepared to go as long as they needed me to, and I think the efficiency I had in that eighth, eighth inning showed him that I had enough to go off for a ninth. Joe, how confident are you getting coming out of the bullpen right now? Because your your body language out there shows it's a very confident pitcher. Yeah, definitely. You know, and the more I get get used to being down there and kind of learning the ropes, you know, the confidence comes with that. And um, you know, AJ and the staff trusting me in these big situations, you know, that gives me the confidence more than anything. So the Astros' magic numbers down to one, and. Angels and, and Rangers playing uh, 8 o'clock tonight. Are you going to yeah. pay attention to that game at all to, yeah. to see what happens? Yeah, I think we might have a little viewing party. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you guys going? Uh, going to Gaddis's house? Where are we going tonight? Yeah, I don't know. we got to find a big enough house. <laughs> Red's got a new pad out here, so we might have to go check that out. All right, man. Stay safe. Great job, Joe. Thanks, guys. All Appreciate right. It. Thanks so much for joining us, Joe Musgrove. What's it been like for you to see Joe grow into that bullpen role, kind of embrace that responsibility. Not surprising, I'm sure. No, it's been impressive because, you know, I mean, obviously getting taken out of the rotation, it's going to go one of two ways. We sent him down to the minor leagues just to clear his head and clear his, you know, work on a couple different things for one start. 
Um, and it can, it can derail you. You can lose your confidence. You can lose your mojo. You can lose some of your stuff uh, and feel like the world's against you. And he took it as a challenge, came back, you know, bounced around roles. And then the, the official bullpen role, once, you know, we got back to full strength, and he, he's taken to it with some energy. He's t- his stuff has come up. His body language, his posture, he comes in the game. He expects to do well. He works hard. Uh, he does everything that you would expect to a guy with a game on the line. It's a it's an impressive transition for him. Uh, I don't think we're, you know we're out of the, the the thought that he might be a starter down the road, but um, right now it's hard not to give him the ball in the seventh, eighth, or ninth. Welcome back, Robert Ford, Steve Sparks, joined by Astros general manager Jeff Luno. And Jeff, a chance for today to be a, a really special day. Astros magic number to win the AL West is one, so a victory today over the Seattle Mariners, and there will be a celebration on the field and in the clubhouse post-game, and, and just really exciting to, to think about uh, not only how far this team has come since you've been here, but just everything that they've accomplished already so far this season. It sure is, and first of all, Robert, welcome back. We missed you. We're Thank glad you. to have you back, and we couldn't have scripted it any better to have Verlander pitching at home with our magic number being one where we control our own destiny today. Hopefully, we have a good game and we can celebrate afterwards, but these guys have done a tremendous job. 90 wins is nothing to sneeze at, and we still have uh, enough games to go to get it into the mid-upper up, up 90s, and that would be a really terrific capstone, and then off we go into the playoffs. So really looking forward to what's ahead. What a difference a week makes, Jeff. Uh, last weekend in Oakland, losing four games, that was a debacle. I wanted to chew my elbow off, I think. <laughs> and, and to win four out of five since then, it's, it's just goes to show you how crazy baseball is, but also a little bit about the character and the resiliency of this team. I think there have been two times this season where I've gotten depressed. One is getting swept by the White Sox in Chicago, and the other was this four-game sweep by the A's in Oakland. But both times our guys were able to battle back. And one thing this season has taught us, not just our team, but Cleveland and the Dodgers and everybody else, is that there's a lot that happens during a season. You might be on top in July and then on the bottom by August, but it really is about who's peaking at the end of October and, and, and who's peaking at the beginning of October. And our guys are starting to swing the bat. Our pitchers are starting to refine their command again. So I'm feeling very optimistic about what lies ahead. And speaking about what lies ahead, uh, how's the process gone so far thinking about potential postseason rosters. I know some of it may just depend on on who you match up against in the division series, but you're at a point where you can actually start thinking about those things, talking about those things with uh, your front office team and with manager A.J. Hinch. We can, and I can listen to all the talk radio, and I'm hearing everybody's (laughs) suggestions on on, seeing it on Twitter, and so it's a fun (laughs) conversation to have. You know, I think what we're doing right now, it's sort of like NFL preseason. I mean, yesterday, Martis goes out there in an in a important situation, and he didn't perform. He's going to have to – AJ's going to have to bring him back and challenge him again. You know, Fisher had a good game yesterday. So a lot of these guys that maybe are on the bubble are going to be tested over the next couple of weeks. And quite frankly, how they do during the next couple of weeks is going to determine whether or not they make – the roster for the first series obviously there's a lot of other considerations who we're playing uh, what the matchups look like but um, there'll be a lot of thought put into it for sure you change your focus after you clinch the division to to getting the best record to have home field advantage where's the balance and how much do you press the regulars on this team to go after that and, and how well do you want these guys to be performing and how healthy do you want them to be at the end it's a great question it's part art part science at least we know if we win the division we're going to have three days off uh-huh. and so everybody will have a chance to get rested but you know also we want them fresh uh, so we want them to have, be playing enough so that they maintain stay their, sharp you stay sharp 
Um, so we'll have to wait and see. The, the interesting thing is going to be the fact that we end the season in Boston four games and that it, right now is our most likely opponent in the first round. So there's going to be some cat and mouse between the managers trying to figure out who to use and, and when to use them. But hopefully the Yankees put pressure on Boston for that uh, division and they have to you know, use all their resources to try and just win that. You're talking about who to use as far as your pitchers so they don't get exposed to the, some team right before you play them? Yeah, you don't, wanna, you don't want them to see all of our pitchers and then have to face them again the very next week. Yeah. So there's going to be some interesting intrigue there. Astros and Mariners, the matchup. We're joined once again by Astros general manager Jeff Luno and uh, uh, you know, we are talking last segment about the potential postseason roster and all that and uh, one guy who figured to be on the postseason roster Jake Marisnik but uh, hurt his uh, thumb in Anaheim wound up having a right thumb surgery on Friday and, and is out six to eight weeks and you know I mean on on paper a lot of people may not realize how important Marisnik is but I mean your best defensive outfielder and, and a guy who can steal some bases was putting together a good year offensively too he was and he's a big reason why we're here in this position but that defense and that speed those are so critical in postseason. We're going to miss them. There's no question about it. Other guys are going to have to step up, and we've got other guys, fortunately, but it's, Jake's going to be missed for sure. Well, the Midwest League playoffs are over. Three rounds of the playoffs, and Quad City River Bandits are the champions. A sweep of uh, Fort Wayne. Uh, a magnificent year for Russ Steinhorn and those guys. It really was, and they had a lot of players come through there and leave, and we traded some of their star players. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and for, Midwest League, to me, is the hardest league to win the championship because you've got to go through three rounds of uh -huh. playoffs. It's really difficult to do, but... Uh, those guys did a tremendous job. I was following last night, and it was fun for them to celebrate. And one of those guys that was celebrating that with them last night is, is on his way here, and hopefully he'll get a chance to celebrate with us uh, potentially tonight. All right. And, uh, you know, when you first took over and when we first started doing the radio, Steve and I, we talked a lot about winning in the minor leagues and, you know, teams most of the teams getting into the postseason and how important that was because the big league team wasn't very good and so much of the hope was in the minor league side how much does winning matter now considering that the morale in the organization is different because the big league team is is much better it is different and we still want the guys to develop primarily that's the most important element but if you can develop while winning that's a key formula we've had teams win almost every year since since jim crane bought the team in the minor leagues and when they come up to the big leagues, they're used to winning, and that's a good feeling to have with these new guys. Jeff, I was looking at an article that Bill James wrote. It's talking about shifts in baseball, and it's becoming stagnant now. And for the first year, there's going to be a regression of the shifts this year, including the Houston Astros. What is the reason for that? I think really it's being fine-tuned, and we used to create a big advantage for ourselves by shifting when other folks weren't, and right. now everybody's doing it. But we're also fine-tuning it, and something may not be called a shift, but we're actually putting that player in a different position than we might have five years ago still and trying to put him in a spot where he's going to catch a ground ball. Like Correa in left field when Pujols that was, is up. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what we do this next weekend when we're here because uh, I don't know if we need a left fielder if Correa's playing that far back here at home. So it, it's fun, but we're just you know we're using the information to get finer and finer with how where we put the players. All right, Astros General Manager Jeff Luno, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, hope you, you get a little wet post game. I hope to see you guys down there. Right? <laughs> Robert Ford, Steve Sparks, produce engineer Matt Boltz at Minute Maid Park. No score between the Astros and Mariners as we begin the second inning. One, two, three, first for Dallas Keuchel as Nelson Cruz will stand in, designated hitter. Cruz batting 288, 374 on base percentage is seventh, eighth in the American League with 33 homers and 109 RBIs to lead the AL for Cruz as Dallas Keuchel set to work. Speaking of pitchers, we're joined 
by one of the newer pitchers in the Astros organization. First pitch to Cruz and there's a strike on the inside corner. J.B. Bukowskis Astros first round pick in this year's draft. Right hander out of the University of North Carolina. 15th overall selection in this year's draft. Thanks for joining us J.B. Congratulations and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How was your introduction to, to pro baseball? First time out there you got a, a few innings in a couple of uh, uh, chances to work with some of the new coaches. What was that like? It was a really good experience. Uh, it's definitely different than college, but um, I think I got the opportunity to meet some really cool people and some good coaches, so I'm excited for what's to come. 1-1 one, one is down and in. Two balls and a strike. Now, are you headed to um, Instructional League? Um, actually not. Um, I'm back at uh, UNC for this fall semester. The, co or, uh, the Astros have allowed me to go and do that, so I'm really appreciative of that, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next spring. And pitches outside, 3-1. and one. That's right, you're finishing up your degree at, at North Carolina. We have a uh, few credits left? Yes. All right, well, congrats. what's the degree going to be in? Uh, communications. All right, so pretty soon we won't just be calling you first-round pick. We'll be calling you college graduate, J.B. Bukowskis. As a 3-1 is hit foul and out of play off to the right, 3-2 and two to Cruz. Dude, you don't need that college degree now. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, don't listen to him. It's just something I've always <laughs> Me and my family have put a lot of emphasis on sure. being uh, really academically oriented, and I uh, yeah. think it's important. So, I mean, I'm so close to it's just like I just want it to be, want it to be done. But yeah. um, I'm really excited for next spring and getting back to see some of my buddies and getting going again. So, pumped. Uh, we heard so many comps uh, to Sunny Gray. Did you hear that uh, through the, you know, all along through your college career? Yeah, I've heard it a few times. Um, I think it comes a lot from when people ask who your favorite pitcher is. I say Sonny Gray. I'm like, oh, y'all are really y'all are pretty close. Like the pitch kind of the same. And I said, yeah, same size, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, just a coincidence there, but it's pretty pretty good comparison. Ground ball left side, fielded by Correa, throws on a move to first to retire Cruz, and there is one out as Kyle Seeger will come to the play. Talking with J.B. Bukowskis, first round pick for the Astros this year, right-hander out of the University of North Carolina. So you you played a full college season uh, at North Carolina then then go into pro ball and your ACC pitcher of the year by the way at North Carolina probably should mention that and uh, what was the transition like for you where was was there any fatigue for you at all um, I think throwing so much towards the beginning of the year there's a little bit but um, I think that the coaches and the training staff did a good job helping me along the way so um, they definitely took care of me really well and uh, just try to get some innings in and kind of get through that so first pitch to Seeger misses outside for a ball JB did you get a chance to go in the clubhouse today and meet some of the players uh, I didn't get to do that today yeah. I've, I've seen the clubhouse when I came to um, sign the contract which was really really nice yeah. um, but I think they were on the road that day when I came to sign so um, nobody was in there but it was really nice to get to see that now do you call your breaking ball a, a curve or a slider um, it's always referred to as a slider just because I think of the velocity on it, mm -hmm. but sometimes it gets like a little bit different shape to it. Sometimes right. it can have that, that kind of down. It range. reminds me of McCullers. I mean, because <laughs> a lot of people call it, I mean, he'll just say it's a breaking pitch, but uh, uh, some people call it a curve or a slider, but it's a, it's a hard, how hard you throw that eight, upper 80s, right? Sometimes up in there, yeah. Um, I think that's a good way to refer to it as just a breaking ball because yeah. there's nothing like specific that makes it a slider versus a curveball other than just the velocity. But the shape would suggest more of like a curveball, I think. But um, Do you ever try to change the shapes? There was a specific game I remember doing that um, this season at Florida State. They had a lot of lefties, and I thought that the breaking ball, yeah, the curveball might work a little bit better for them, but um, that was the only time. 
It's a 2 2 count to Kyle Seeger. Lefties hit Keichel well. Pitch on the way, and Seeger hits this in the air, left field side. Fisher ranging to his right, and he'll put it away on the job for out number two. So you're, you know, you went to University of North Carolina. You're from um, Ashburn, Virginia. Mm -hmm. Is that in the uh, D.C. area? Yes, probably 20 minutes outside of D.C. So were you, um, are you a Nationals fan, Orioles fan? Did you have a favorite team growing up? Growing up, not as much. The Nationals were kind of just getting settled in in D.C., but as they started to gain some, um, get, get better, honestly, we were starting to follow them more, and then they're, you know, it's close, so we just went and go watch some games, and I guess you could call us fans, so. So you're a front runner, is what you're saying. Basically, you had to yeah. wait for the Nationals <laughs> to establish themselves. You're going to share the spring training complex now. That's with the right. Nationals. Yeah. First pitch to Danny Valencia, and there's a strike on the outside corner. Nothing in one. JB met your dad earlier. Was he a big influence on your baseball career? Huge influence. Um, I definitely wouldn't be where I am without uh, my dad, and my mom. They've done so much for me to get to this point, and um, super thankful for everything that they've done. Your mom was giving the rides and your dad was coaching? Is that the way that, is that, the way that worked? That's how it works sometimes, yeah. My dad, um, he was like the coach for like every team I was playing on when I was young. And then at a certain point, I think around high school, he was like, all right. You're I, on your own. You're on your own. Um, but they were, they were still a huge support system. Swing and a miss at a cutter. It's nothing to the Valencia. They, uh, I don't think my dad missed a single start I had in college. Wow. So, um, How far of a drive was that? It's about five hours. So every And then all the road cities <laughs> and the ACC. Every single start. Um, they made a, a huge commitment to do that for me, and um, I'm so appreciative of that. 0-2. It bounces in there and off of the left shoulder of McCann, one and two to Valencia. At what point did you feel or start hearing that you may become a first-rounder? Um, I tried not to listen to all of it too much just because I didn't want it to get in my head and I wanted to focus on us this year as a team. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, I heard the chatter. Even my, some of my coaches would be like, oh, did you hear this? this? And I'd be like, yeah, I think I've seen some of it, but I just want to really you know, focus on what we're doing and uh, kind of let that all take care of itself. Sure. So. One, two. And Valencia takes one inside. It's a two-ball, two-strike count. Colin Moran. He's one of the best prospects in the Astros organization. He was a Tar Heel uh, you ever get a chance to meet him? Um, I think I've met him in passing a couple times while he's been at, back at Chapel Hill, but mm -hmm. never had a chance to really You wouldn't recognize him. him now. He's got a full full ginger beard now. <laughs> yeah, that's not allowed at Chapel Hill right now. So. It's not? No. It's in the dirt. It's three and two. So you can't grow. Can you grow facial hair at UNC, at nope. baseball? No. Coach Box has a very clean-cut way of doing things, and um, I think it benefits us a lot, a lot of the times. But um, can you even grow facial hair? <laughs> not, I don't know yet. I can't. Definitely can't grow anything like uh, Colin has. But, um. Well, neither can I, so don't feel bad. <laughs> it's a, a full count to Valencia. Keichel delivers, and that's grounded softly, foul third base side, and it remains a full count. No score in the top of the second. Astros and Mariners. Well, this has to be exciting for you. Your family's here for the weekend, right? Yep. So um, might have a chance to see the Astros clinch a division title. Gives you an idea of what hopefully will be waiting for you down the road. That's what we're hoping to see for sure. Sneak in there and get a little bit of that bubbly. <laughs> Wait, are you 21 yet? Uh, not yet. I, I mean, I meant uh, the port on your head. <laughs> Cider. Ground ball hit to the right side. To his left is Altuve. He has it. Throws on the move in time to retire Valencia. And it's another 1-2-3 inning. For Dallas Keuchel, J.B. Bukowskis, Astros first-round pick, right-hander, University of North Carolina. Thanks so much for joining us. Glad you got your pro career started. Looking forward to seeing you at Minute Maid Park soon. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Man. This has been a production. And whoever in this crowd wasn't standing before, well, they're getting to their feet now. Of the Houston Astros. This place is rocking right now. Radio Network.
Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 